0: So all of the five senses can be engaged when we think about how we wanna set up our birth environment. And one thing I want you to notice is I'm talking about curating your birth environment, not controlling your birth environment. Those are two different things. And so as much as we play a central part in the trajectory that our labor and birth takes, We're arming ourselves with knowledge. We're putting into practice the things that we're learning about what our body is capable of. We're choosing wisely, right? Who will be, who won't be in uh, our birth space. We also recognize that birth is so wide and so vast, and we should expect some unexpected in there. You know what I mean? Um, Even the most planned out labors the most beautiful planned out labors, have a little bit of element of surprise in there. What are the things we can put into place to ensure our comfort as we allow our bodies to do what it does best? Welcome to the Well Worth Watering Podcast. I'm Luann and my goal is to empower, educate, and nourish Black birthing people along their birth and new parenthood journeys. One message, one truth, one story at a time, because we are well worth this conversation. We are well worth pouring into. We are well worth watering. Hello and welcome back. So this episode, I'm gonna be talking to you about curating your birth environment. What does it look like for you to curate your birth environment? Is that even possible? So what that means is considering the ways that you would like your laboring environment and ideally your birth environment to be set up in a way that prioritizes your comfort and your feeling of safety and love. So this is definitely a good episode to listen to if you, for any any birth plans really, but particularly those that know that they will be laboring at home they, they have the freedom to labor at home um, for as long as possible. And definitely for those of you that are planning home births, because it offers a little bit more um, control and nuance over you know the things that you want in your space. Now, this doesn't mean that this is a throwaway episode for those of you that aren't necessarily planning a home birth or um, planning on laboring home for as long as possible. All of these things that I'm touching on will apply to any situation. So let's take a step back and think about all of the things that support the rhythm that happens during labor. One of the most valuable elements of labor is a hormone called oxytocin, right? It's also referred to as the love hormone. So what does oxytocin do? Oxytocin is responsible for causing contractions. Our brain releases oxytocin that oxytocin then tells our uterus to contract. It does that work of stretching and pulling up the cervix, opening up the cervix. Um, Our body body receives that information, experiences pain and discomfort from that information, um, and then our body responds by releasing endorphins to then ease that pain. And then that rhythm continues not necessarily on like a specific pattern, but generally continues throughout labor to do the work of birthing your baby. So if we ask ourselves, what are the things that support that rhythm? How can I support that rhythm? Minimize stress, maximize calm. The goal is to keep stress as low as possible and calm as high as possible. We know that when we are stressed, When we are scared, when we're anxious, our minds and our bodies are functioning in a heightened sense of awareness, right? So even if we aren't in physical dangers, our body is perceiving uh, the stressors, the discomfort, the feeling of, you know, the feeling of loneliness, all of that is perceived as a threat. Now, when that happens, we respond by releasing hormones that gear us up to do something to alleviate that threat. So this is where you get into fight, flight, or freeze responses. Stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline can counteract the oxytocin and beta endorphins um, during labor. And that could result in a slowing down of labor or maybe a departure from a productive pattern. Okay. Our body, when stressed, is telling our mind, this is not the time, this is not the place, we ain't safe, okay? And that state of being can be brought on by like a bunch of different things, different things happening, what in our environment, right? But we're gonna focus on what we can control, what we can curate. And all of that brings us back to curating the birth environment. So one of the ways we can reinforce that rhythm of labor um, is, again, by keeping stress low, keeping oxytocin flowing, keeping that love hormone flowing, and really setting the mood, okay? So so some of the things that may have gone into getting you pregnant um, and creating this baby are the same things that could help get this baby out of you, right? First, let's start with sight. Now, low lighting, dim lighting, flameless candles, uh, Himalayan salt lamps, all offer you a moment for soft focal points. This really gives your eyes an opportunity to not focus on distraction in the room and allows you to really go inward. The other thing is that um, oftentimes bright lights can just give you like that heightened sense of awareness It's not really conducive to calmness and a state of mindfulness that you are really best served maintaining during labor. Many folks also find it helpful, especially when they're home laboring, to put up affirmations on the wall, to just put up anything that uh, brings them joy, Um, maybe some photos of you and your birth partner, just to remind you that you are safe. You are loved. You are covered. So take some time and think about things that you would want to see in your laboring and birth space. Because it works when it's specifically curated for you and the things that you would want. Sounds. Most people think right away about music. The soundtrack of labor, which can be a really fun activity, to take some time and just create a playlist of music that is meaningful to you. Sound can also refer to what are what what level of noise you know am I uh, comfortable with? When you get to certain stages of labor, it can be a little distracting if during a contraction you hear like. Too much talking or things going on in the background that is sort of breaking your meditative state. So although music can be a really supportive tool during labor, also think about the sounds aspect Um, and because that is something that can be considered part of your birth plan. To let your doula or a provider, if they'll be coming to your home, again, this is the same for birthing in the hospital. You can let your uh, labor and delivery nurse and your doctor know. You know, in general, if we could just try to keep a low tone. You know, if you can refrain from <laughs> trying to ask me too many conversations when I'm obviously in the middle or at the peak of a contraction, that would be great all of these elements offer opportunity for you to assert your desire and what is going to serve you best. Smells. Now I think about this one and I go right to essential oils. I think about incense. uh, And many people uh, may not consider this a a smell or a positive smell, but the smell of your partner, the smell of your support person. One of the things that angered me so deeply during my second birth was the smell of my husband and just leaning into um almost the like the pheromones of it all you know smelling him reminded me that i was i was safe and you know and i was strong i could do this you know cuz we were in this together i wasn't alone and so you know, don't count out the the smell of your partner when you think about what kind of essential oils um, or incense you would want in your space. A lot of people's favorite essential oil scents are lavender, uh, notes, things with a citrus smell like orange or lemon. A lot of folks prefer the more sagey, pepperminty type scent. So that's something you can try right now. Now, Conversely, a lot of people are not into you know strong scents. And so maybe part of your plan will be: I don't want incense, you know what I mean, or I don't want scented candles. Um, I, I would prefer to not have that. So again, curate this for you in a way that you know works for you. Taste. I could talk to you all day about the importance of Nourishing snacks and hydration during labor. The laboring body needs fuel. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're eating a three-course meal (laughs) during the duration of your labor, but your body will need steady hydration and light nourishment as you work hard to birth your baby. And so, when I refer to taste, I'm really um, encouraging you to remember these, these things, the, the need for hydration and, and fuel. So we want to try to avoid sodas, soft drinks, things with very high amounts of uh, artificial sugar and flavors. You know, consider instead coconut water. There's lots of like different flavor mixes of coconut water. You can bring in, if you're going into the hospital, a blend that you made ahead of uh, some nettle tea, maybe mix some red raspberry leaf tea in there, maybe sweeten it with a little bit of honey or fresh squeezed lemon. If you want to keep it on the warm side, you can even heat up and store in a little thermos some bone broth just to keep your body uh, steadily nourished. High fiber, starchy fruits, bananas, pears, um, anything that will be easy for your body to, to digest and just keep you going during the labor. And the last sense I want to touch on is feel, touch, so closeness, massage, maybe some counter pressure, being aware of the temperature fluctuations that might come during labor and working with that. So recognizing that there will be times where maybe you do prefer a a nice massage on the shoulders during contraction. And there there may be other times where you don't want anybody to touch you. And all of that is okay and expected for the laboring body. There may be times where you are hot and you don't want anything on you, no clothes, no blanket, nothing. (laughs) And there may, may be other moments where you feel like you're getting chills, right? The adrenaline, particularly during transition, the adrenaline um, might leave you, you know, shaking and fluctuating with temperatures. You might need to be covered a little bit, right? So this is really important information for not only the birthing person to know, but the support partner, your your partner, your spouse whoever will be supporting you to to know ahead of time, to like look for ahead of time. So they're not necessarily feeling so disarmed in how to help you or a little offended that, you know, one minute you're like wanting this and the next minute you're wanting that. So all of the five senses can be engaged when we think about how we want to set up our birth environment. And one thing I want you to notice is I'm talking about curating your birth environment, not controlling your birth environment. Those are two different things. And so as much as we play a central part in the trajectory that our labor and birth takes, we're arming ourselves with knowledge. We're putting into practice the things that we're learning about what our body is capable of. We're choosing wisely, right? Who will be, who won't be in uh, our birth space. We also recognize that birth is so wide and so vast and we should expect some unexpected in there. You know what I mean? Um, Even the most planned out labors, the most beautiful, Planned out labors have a little bit of element of surprise in there, right? So we're not necessarily leaning into control. We're leaning more towards curation. What are the things we can put into place to ensure our comfort as we allow our bodies to do what it does best? Thank you so much again for tuning in. My desire is that you gain a little bit of wisdom from each of these episodes. If you are expecting a baby soon and you are in your last trimester, I host a childbirth education class. It is a series called Overflow and it prepares you for the journey of childbirth starting from labor all the way through postpartum recovery. So you can get more information about my classes, wellworthwatering.com forward slash services. So as always, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit me up on IG. You can find me at wellworthwatering on Instagram as well as Facebook. And of course, always remember that you are well worth pouring into and you are well worth watering.